0: I was out last week. Um, None of you emailed or called me or anything, but I was. Uh, Danny did a fantastic job. Give it up to Danny, man. An incredible message. Um, I was actually at Hot Springs with five of my best friends from high school, and we did not revert to 16-year-old boys, and we were all together. No, yeah, we did. But it was cool because I got to sneak in. Uh, we snuck in during the ten o'clock gathering. Christy and I snuck in during the ten o'clock gathering. And I got to hear the message, and it was so good. And the timing of it was so beautiful. And we we just sat back there in our seats and cried. But it was fun just to get to sneak in and and sneak out. Now I know why some of you show up late and leave early. It's it is, it is a little fun, but um, but I mean it was cool, you know, just to get to sit in there and chill. And I I enjoyed Danny's message so much because she talked about the power of praise. Like this idea that we're supposed to, to, that that praise is a visible manifestation of an invisible gratitude, right? Like we have this gratitude inside of us and it should manifest itself, not just in what we think, but in what we do. And that's why when someone gives your kids something, you don't look at your kids and say, feel thankful, feel thankful. What do you tell them? Say thank you. Because gratitude that's not expressed comes across as ingratitude, right? If I give you a hundred bucks and you stand there like this, I don't care what you think. If you don't tell me that you're thankful, I assume you're not. And so praise is a visible manifestation of an invisible gratitude. We speak, we, we, we say, we, we move, we sing, whatever, as a way to demonstrate this gratitude that's inside of us. And so it matters. Your words matter to God. As a matter of fact, Danny used a foundational verse last week, Hebrews 13:15, and it said, "Through Jesus therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess" his name let us continually say thank you offer a sacrifice of praise and and that goes all, for all language it's whether you you sing it or you say it or you tweet it or you post it or you sign it or you write it whatever whatever access to words you have use them to demonstrate gratitude for a god who's given us so much your words matter God. That that old saying, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not in the Bible. Some of you think it is. You think it's right underneath, spare the rods, pull the child. That's not in the Bible either. (laughs) Or God won't give me anything I can't handle. Not in the Bible. One day I'm going to do a sermon on all the things that aren't in the Bible. But sticks and stones, words hurt. They have power. And God cares deeply about the words that you use. If you're still following along uh, with the year of the Bible, we circled back. Some of you, this really threw some people for a loop. Yes, we're doing Psalms again. There is a chance that you didn't get everything the first time. So we're going to go through it again. And so if you're not doing You're the Bible, man, jump on or at least go home and read Proverbs 18 because that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Proverbs is written by a guy named Solomon. He was the wisest man to ever live, which is a pretty cool thing to be. God came to him one day and said, Solomon, you can have anything in the world. What do you want? And apparently, he already had a little wisdom because he said, I want to be wise. And wisdom's different than knowledge. Wisdom is like knowledge in action, it's knowledge that leads to change. Wisdom is a step beyond knowledge. So Solomon said, I want to be wise, and so he wrote Proverbs, and today we're going to camp out a little bit in Proverbs 18 and talk about the power of words, and let me warn you, and I should have warned the 830, uh, y'all ever been on an airplane? Anybody, raise your hand if you've ever been on an airplane. Have you ever heard the pilot come on the loudspeaker and say, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to experience a little turbulence? Let me just tell you, we're about to experience a little turbulence. So lick it up. (laughs) because this is a little hard proverbs 18 21 says this the tongue has the power of life and death those who love it will eat its fruit the tongue words and to make this contemporary tweet type text whatever it has the power of life and death your words matter to god and as a matter of fact, this is a theme throughout the entire Bible. James, Jesus' brother, he said um, in James 1.26, said, Those who consider themselves religion, religious and do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, they deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Matthew 22. Oh, just get ready. Matthew 22. I didn't write this stuff. Matthew 22. Check this one out. This one. Or Matthew 12, excuse me. Matthew 12 says... But I will tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. E. You know what? Let's just stop here. I'll see y'all next week. This is, I'm not having fun anymore. And then Isaiah, this is cool. Isaiah uh, chapter 6, verse 5. Isaiah goes into the throne room of God, okay? He's taken up somehow into the throne room of God. And he's meeting God for the first time face to face. And when Isaiah goes into the throne room, listen to what he says Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips." lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. He got in front of God and he didn't say I'm a man with an unclean heart. He didn't say I'm a man with unclean actions. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I know the things I've said. And as I stand in the presence of God and I cycle back through every word that's come from my lips, I fall to my knees in front of God. Woe to me. Woe to me for the words I've said. And then Matthew, I know you would like to hear more of these. Matthew 15 what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that's what defiles them. This is a theme to the whole Bible. And the theme is your words have power and you will be held accountable for them. Our words matter to God. And it's a little scary, isn't it? And y'all wanna know why I know this is important? Because I play Fortnite. Um, I do, I play squads. And for, I'm 42, and I play Fortnite squads. And the, I play autofill squads, which means I go onto the little server, and they just give me three different partners. I would play, like, regular squads with people, but my son is a punk and won't let me on his silly little squad team. So I have to go out online and get partnered with randoms. So it's 42-year-old Tommy, and I'm normally partnered with three kids, all of who are under the age of 12. So it's me and them, and as sad as that is, because that's kind of sad, as sad as it is, you know what's even more sad? We're all wearing headsets, and we're talking to each other, and let me me tell you something. Not only can I hear them, I can hear what their parents say when their parents come in the room. And I've heard some parents come into the room while I was playing Fortnite with kids who were, I don't know, 6, 8, 10, 12, I don't know. And I have heard parents talk to them and say things that bullies would get suspended for. I have heard kids ripped apart. By the, I, I've stopped the game, and that, that's big for me. I've stopped the game and told a kid, I am so sorry that you're living in those conditions. I've heard parents, I'm just going to turn my back on this one. I've heard parents who didn't know their pastor was on the other end of the game. Dun dun dun! What we say when we don't know who's listening, right? I have heard kids destroyed because their room wasn't clean. And it breaks my heart. And so I thought about, as, as we prepared for Proverbs 18, I thought about talking about that. But listen, if you're talking to your kid like they're trash, just stop. You don't need a sermon on this. If you don't know that's wrong, my 14 minutes is not gonna convince you. It's wrong to trash your spouse. It's wrong to trash your kid. It's wrong to trash your employees. It's wrong to trash other races of people. If you're doing that, stop it. Amen, that's really easy. And so doing, doing a sermon on that, Let me. if I did a sermon on that, I would admit it. And like half of you would be like, I do that too. And the other half who who are still pretty righteous, you would be like, I don't do that. And so that would be way too easy because I would left half the room off the hook. I'm going down today, and I'm taking everybody with me. So we're going to get a lot more difficult than that. You're all going down today. Uh Uh-uh. I'm snitching, all y'all. We're all going down today. Snitches get stitches, not today. So what I like about Proverbs 18 is it's not just the obvious stuff. Proverbs 18 begins to uncover some of the, the, what we consider little sins. The things we kind of sweep under the rug. The things that we say things, well, at least I'm not killing anybody, right? To justify whatever sin we're doing. So let's let's just jump in and see where Proverbs 18 might uncover some things that you didn't even know you needed to change. Proverbs 18:2 A fool finds no pleasure in understanding but delights in airing their own opinions. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding but delights in airing their own opinions. Proverbs 18:13 To answer before listening that is folly and shame. We don't listen. Right? We don't listen. Some of you aren't even listening to me right now. You're already thinking about what you're going to say about me at the cafe. You've already stopped listening. We, like as individuals and as the church, we are not good li- Do you think the world says, "You know what I love about Christians? They're such good listeners." <laughs> we ever heard that? Has anyone ever heard that? Why? But let me let me I've got a little video illustration for you guys about how we listen to people. Check this out. Go ahead. E
1: all around the car. Yeah, the only oh, to would you look at that. Put that just on. look at that. I can't pull it out either. I'd have to drill it. Would you just look it at it? Yeah, it's sad. It's the only mark uh, I mean, just car. look at it. Yeah. I mean, just get a look at that. A cop did that. A cop? Oh, where is he? I'd like to look at him. <laughs> yeah, went, over, went over and tried to fight it, and yeah. they told me we we're not required to post warnings here in New Jersey. Oh, would you look at that. Or Listen, I got pulled state. over in Jersey twice for not wearing a seatbelt. In the passenger oh, seat. Yeah. In the passenger oh, seat. Really? And got a $40 oh, ticket. Yeah, I said, right. would, we'll you see, the would you look at that? Would you look at that? Would you look at it? I was so mad. Basically, they gotta earn their money the old yeah. way. Yeah, whenever a cop writes you out a ticket, the first thing you do is you take the ticket and you say, would you look at this? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, if I'd have done that, the cop did it and I wasn't there that night. Yeah. Um, you should have said, look at this. And that would have probably got you off if you told him to look well, at it. That's the thing. Yeah. I went over there yeah, the first. This, time yo, to look fight at this. It. Yeah, you got to look and, at and it. And yeah. The cop look wasn't at this. There. Right. Because he had to look at it first. He w- didn't show up. Yeah, because he had to look time. at you know it. Because he had to look at this. You, you know, know what the judge did? He probably told you to look at it. He He probably had to look at it and say, look at this. And I asked him the second time I went. See, I figured I was just going to get off. And then he said, look at it. Right. And he said, look at this. And I asked the mm-hmm. I asked the cop where yeah. were you the last time? He said the last time he said look d- at this. Got, my guess is he I, probably did that. Oh, that. Ooh, look that. That. would you look at this? Oh, look that? Oh, would you look at that? <laughs> <laughs> look at that! What an idiot! Would you look at that? Oh, look at that! Look at that! Look at that!
0: He's not listening to anything the other guy is saying. That's how we have conversations with people. Like if you complete somebody's sandwiches or whatever, like you're not sentences, you're not listening. You're just Talking, that I think that's how the world sees the church. Sometimes they don't really care what we say; they're just out there preaching at us because we do not listen. We're not great listeners, and we just speak and we speak. Practical application of this: When um, a few years ago I met my friend Lonzo. And Lonzel is the pastor at Sweet Home, and, and he came to me and he said, Hey, Tommy, I, I, want, I want you to help us at Sweet Home. We're, we're, we're trying to revitalize this, this, this sort of dead church and a dying community. He said, Will you help us? I said, Yeah. And immediately I started suggesting, Do this, do this, do this, do this. And Lonzel, in his grace, listened to my suggestions. What I should have done before we did anything was go out into that community and listen for six months. And I repent because I was wrong. Now, Lonzel and his grace has allowed me another chance and and we're trying new things. But how often is that the church's response? Someone comes to us with a real need or a real problem and we prescribe a solution. We had not even heard them. We just prescribe or we just read them a Bible verse. And they're like, well, I, I just needed some spaghetti. I don't know why. I don't understand. We must learn to listen before we speak. And that leads to the second problem. We speak with a lack of information. Proverbs 18, 15. The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. All right. Can we have a family talk for a minute? That means I'm about to say whatever I want with no retribution. You know where I see this lived out the the most, speaking with no knowledge? Facebook. My goodness, Facebook, we share so much junk that we have no idea whether it's true or not on Facebook and we forward it as if it's gospel. Kevin Patrick convinced half of East End that there was a live Black Panther running around <laughs> and you shared it. You're like, I've seen it. No, you haven't. There are no Black Panthers in East End. Really, I mean, l- listen guys, we share in political stuff, we, we just annihilate political figures as if we're not accountable for what we say about people. I read someone said Hillary Clinton eats children. No, she doesn't. I'm like 94% sure that's a lie. But, and you shared it. I got that from one of your pages. Really, if it comes from Breitbart or Planned Parenthood or any extreme on the right or the left, don't share it because it's propaganda. For people who hate fake news, you sure share a lot of it. We do this. We just hit four. Oh, I'll share that. We have no idea whether it's true or not. And even political figures, we will even answer before God for what we said about political figures that we don't like. Because we are accountable, not them. And Can I tell you another thing? We're not changing anybody's mind. Our post about how much we hate this or how much... No one is reading that going, you know what? I'm going to change political affiliations. That's brilliant. Never happens. All we do is give people who don't like the church another reason to dislike the church. And you know what the worst thing is, and then I'll move on, is when we post something about a political figure or somebody or something, and we assassinate them, and we we attack their character, and right underneath it, we post a Christian song. One of those needs to leave your page because they cannot cohabitate. It's not working. It's not working. So let's make a choice. But we cannot continue to post stuff with no information. Proverbs 18, 6, the lips of fools brings them strife, and their mouths invite a beating. Man, my mouth has invited many a beating in my life. (laughs) The mouths of fools are their undoing, and their lips are a snare to their very lives. King Solomon said it, not me. Think about what you post on Facebook, please. I'm going to preach about this every first Sunday for the rest of our lives. Please, you represent us and you represent the kingdom of God. Please, just don't share it. Really, just don't. It's not that important. All right, the next one. Oh, boy, this is a good one. I forgot I was going to do this. This is a good one. Proverbs 18.8. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. Y'all want to talk about gossip? Mm. Does anyone in here gossip? I'm kidding. We all do. No need to raise our hands. It says, I had to read, the, the, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. You know what that means? It means it tastes good. When we have that little bit of information and we know something that someone else doesn't know and we disguise it as a prayer request, right? Will you pray for her? Let me tell you all our garbage now, right? Gossip, gossip, gossip. And we do this. And because we do this, people don't trust us. We say things about people behind their back that we would never say to their face. And we're gonna stand. And we think this is a little thing that we can just sweep under the rug. God is angry when he talks about this. He says, stop doing this. Stop it. We talk. We talk. Behind each other's backs. Proverbs, this one says, Proverbs 11, 13, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Man, when I read this one, do you know how powerful we would be if anybody off the streets felt like they could come in here and tell anybody in this room their deepest secret and you would never share it? Gosh, can you imagine the power, the healing that would happen? If anybody off the streets felt like they could come up to anybody in this room who says they're a member of this house and say, I got to share something with you that I've never told anybody, and I'm scared to death it's going to get out, And, and, and I hate this about me, but here it is, and you would pray for them, and then you would die with that secret. I'm not talking about if someone's being abused or someone's going to hurt them. But I'm talking about if someone comes to you and shares some deep thing from their past and you would actually hold it in confidence, do you know the power we would have? People would come in here and you know what they would do? Tell the truth. Can you imagine a church where people told the truth? No, none of us can. (laughs) But it would be incredibly powerful. Would you trust you? What about the last secret someone told you? We gotta work on this one. We must be a people who honor people behind their backs. And guys, I'm guilty. This was probably the most convicting out of everything. Who honor people behind their backs and who will take to the grave what is told in confidence. That opens up so many doors. I mean, it's, it's another thing when I think about what, in, what do people who don't know Jesus say about us, do they say, man, we can trust those Christians with anything? The next one, and this is, this, this is tough right here, because I believe for most of us, eight times out of 10, silence may be the best option. Y'all ever heard that saying, uh, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything? Did your mama teach you that? She wasn't kidding. She didn't have her fingers crossed. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. But sometimes, men, men especially, maybe men need to hear this especially, sometimes your silence is actually killing the person you love. Proverbs 18, 21, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tough part about kingdom math is we're not just accountable for what we do say, we're also accountable for what we don't say. Are you speaking life with the opportunities that you have? Men, are, are you speaking life to your spouse? Or, or are you saying something like, well, I told her on our wedding day. Stop it. Are you speaking life to your son? Are you speaking life? To, are, you talking about, are you talking to your son, real conversations about what it means to be a man? Are you having real conversations with your daughter about what it means to be, a, to be a princess honored by the king of all kings? Are you having those conversations? Are you speaking life in your home? Women, you're not off the hook. Women, are you speaking respect to your husband? Are you speaking respect to your husband in front of the kids? Women, are you, are you, speaking, are you speaking leadership and motherhood over your daughter? Or are you speaking best friend? Are you speaking manhood into your son? Are you babying him to the point where he will never be a man? Bosses, are you speaking slavery to your employees or are you speaking leadership? What are you speaking into the world? Because your words matter to God. My friends and I, we were, we were sitting at dinner in Hot Springs and my friends are all weird like me. I mean, if you hung out with me since ninth grade, you're a little odd. But we were sitting there and we were having dinner. And my friend Philip, he, he he he's just sort of out of the blue. He's like, "Did you guys know that if the sun goes out, we'll have 8.5 minutes to live before we know it?" And I was like, "No, thanks, Philip. That's super fun. It's a great dinner conversation." And but but then but then it actually led us to a real cool conversation. Is so if the if the sun goes out, we're gonna have we're not gonna know it for eight and a half minutes because that's how long the light travels. So but eight and a half minutes, it's pretty much Johnny Ball game forever. I don't care how many guns you got. Uh, sun's out, guns out. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many jars of pudding you have stored in your garage. If the sun goes out, Johnny ball game for everybody. So the question around dinner became if you had eight and a half minutes, what would you say? What would you text? What would you write? What would you what would you sing? If you had eight and a half minutes, what conversation would you have? Guys, as, as someone who Walks with a lot of people through death. Let me tell you something. What I hear from people the most is not, I regret what I did say, it's, I regret what I didn't say. (coughs) I wish I would have. God, I wish I would have. I wish I would have told him I loved him. I wish I would have told him I was sorry. I wish I would have told him I was proud. Gosh, I just wish I would have told them. Like, if it's important enough for the last eight and a half minutes of your life, it's important enough for today. What do you need to say, and who do you need to say it to, and what are you waiting for? Because tomorrow is not promised. If any of you have been walking with with this church family for the last few months, you know this. Death is coming for all of us one day. Now, for many of us, we know death has no sting because we are eternal. But there's a day coming when we will go back over the words we said. I don't want that day to be filled with regret for me. I want to say what needs to be said today. If I need to apologize, hear me, hear me again, men. Even if it's to my children, I will apologize today. If I need to tell somebody I love them or somebody I'm proud, I'm going to do whatever I need to do because I do not want to wait until it's too late to say the things that need to be said. So take the opportunity and speak life wherever life needs to be spoken. You can't take words with you. Get them out of your system. There's things we need to say, there's things we need to do. We need to understand the power of the words that we have. And you have to remember the God who created us is a God who spoke a universe into existence. The God we're spending life with is a God who, when he found a woman caught in sin at the well, this woman whose life was just destroyed by sin, he looked at her and he said, you're forgiven. And his words had the power to forgive. And his words have the power to restore our tongues. And his words have the power to give us a second chance And his words have the power to give us the grace we need to speak as people with grace into the world. And that's why he took that meal and he sat at the table with his friends and he took a loaf of bread and he gave it to them. And then he said, this is my body and I'm giving it to you. As often as you eat this, you remember me. And after the supper was over, he took a cup and he spoke once again. And he said, this is my blood. Drink from it, all of you. This is for the forgiveness of sins. And as often as you drink this, you remember me. And so, in remembrance of these, these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we will offer ourselves, we will offer our mouths. Guys, I truly believe this is one of the greatest evangelistic tools we could ever have, is to speak as people who know God in all circumstances. We offer ourselves a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ, offering for us as we declare this mystery of faith that says Christ has died and Christ has risen and Christ will come again. And he's poured out his Holy Spirit on this room and now we're asking him to pour out his Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and wine so that they may be for, the, for us the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. And by your spirit, make us one with each other and one in unity to all the world until Christ comes again and we feast at his heavenly banquet. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And when you receive this communion today... Maybe, maybe you say to God what needs to be said, but then you have the ears that allow you to listen. Listen, for I forgive you. Listen for where you need to be corrected. Lay down your pride and come to this table humbly because this is the table of the king. But come with great expectation because this is a king who has the power to speak life to you. There's an incredible passage in the Bible and it says, I am not ready to receive you. I'm not worthy to receive you. But just say the word and I'll be healed. Will you receive healing for your words today?